0: And welcome to another episode of Worldwide Wonderful Women. I am your host, Paula Harris, and this podcast is for women who are all about learning how to live in God's divine power when yours is diminished. It is produced on behalf of Transformed Worldwide Ministries. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, I'm so glad you joined me today for episode number 334, and it's entitled, Shouldn't Serving God Make My Life Easier? In women's ministry, I have the privilege to walk alongside of many women who are experiencing heavy trials in their lives, women who are truly dedicated to and love the Lord. And of course, I myself have experienced trials in my own life. Now you may ask, if I am faithfully serving God, shouldn't my life become easier and not harder? Why does God allow his faithful ones to go through trials? In looking at this question, there's an assumption that by serving God faithfully, we are entitled to ease. But we forget that God shapes his servants through trials. So let's dive into this question today. Now, at times, I may interview individuals for my podcast. For the first time ever, I am going to share an article written by Kyle Farron in 2017, who is a fellow graduate of Lancaster Bible College and along with his wife, Heather, is a missionary. Also, so you do not think that I'm plagiarizing, at the end of this article, Kyle wrote, One last thing, may I ask you a favor? If you were encouraged, please share this. So I am going to share what he wrote and make some comments of my own. So here's the question again. If I am serving God, shouldn't God make my life easier and not harder? Here is what Kyle wrote in response to that question. I have always wanted my life to glorify God to live a life that shows God's infinite power and worth so that he gets all the praise, not me. In fact, this was the main reason I went into missions. The Bible is filled with stories of people who God used to show his power. Reading these stories, my heart says, Lord, use me for your glory. Show your power through me. Maybe you can relate. But there is something I missed, or maybe I secretly hoped I would be the exception. When God used people to show his power, did he use comfort or trials? The answer is trials, God's most used tool. Think about the stories from the Bible of people God used. He entrusted Job, Joseph, Daniel, Moses, David, Isaiah, Paul and many others with major trials. Most of the people we remember faced great trials. In fact, we remember them because of how they faced their trials. Had they never faced a major trial, we probably wouldn't know their name. This has massive implications on our life if we desire to be used by God for his glory. The last time I checked, The Trinity hasn't announced a change in strategy. God still uses trials. God still uses storms. So my reality check was this. If I want to be used by God for his glory, I must be prepared for trials. God entrusts us with trials. Lots of them. Paul said that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. That's Acts chapter 14, verse 22. Do you want to be used of God? It's worth it, but it isn't easy. If we want to be used by God for his glory, we will be entrusted with trials. So why does God use trials so often? Because of what they do. Below are some perspective changes that God has encouraged me with while facing trials. If you have the courage to follow God wherever he leads, these perspectives will be more than head knowledge. They will embed themselves deep in your heart because at times you will cling to them like a drowning sailor clings to a life raft. Storms will come, but these truths will keep you afloat. So now Kyle is gonna give us 10 of the reasons why God would allow trials, and 10 reasons that should change our perspectives. So I wanna share them with you now. Number one, trials are part of God's work. God never says, oops. My Bible professor used to say this. God is in control of the trials. God is not on his throne, wringing his hands as he waits for the outcome of events. Even if I can't see how, I can be confident that God is working for his glory. This helps me to stop worrying about how things are going to work out. My heart is peaceful when I remember that God promises to work for his glory and our eternal good. Pain is not without purpose. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That's Psalm 46 verse 10. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. That's Romans chapter 8 verse 28. Now, number two, trials put God's power on display. When God allows me to step into a trial, he may be getting ready to work for his glory. Historically, this is how God prefers to work. Remember Gideon? He started off with an army one-fifth the size of the Midianites, and then God made the odds even worse. The Lord said to Gideon, The people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel boast over me, saying, My own hand has saved me. This is Judges chapter 7, verse 2. God uses trials to show that he alone deserves the credit. Trials make it clear to the world that I am not in control. Everyone can see that I don't have the ability or strength to overcome the problem. Therefore, when God works, he gets all the glory, not me. Then number three, trials prepare me for service, even little trials. Here is the bad news. When God works in a big way, it often involves one of his servants facing a big trial. So we need to be ready for big storms and trials. How can we be prepared? I want God to trust me with his big task, but God doesn't give us the big task without testing us in the little things. Every trial God sends, even our daily frustrations, are meant to test us and grow us stronger. If I want God to use me for big things, I must pass the little test. If I don't pass the little test, why should I expect God to trust me with the greater things? As I look back over the last decade serving in Africa, God has continually used trials. If I wasn't in one, I was getting ready to begin one. Much like our physical body grows stronger through the trials of exercise, Our soul grows stronger through the trials of life. Without trials, our body and soul become weak. Seth Godin says, "'Soldiers realize that it's war that makes generals.'" We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5. Number four, trials sanctify me. I don't always handle trials well. I think one of the reasons God moved me to Africa was to teach me how impatient I really am. When things don't go as planned, traffic is endless, ministry struggles, paperwork abounds, or health suffers, I realize how impatient I am. The trials don't cause me to sin by being impatient, angry, or complaining. They simply reveal what is inside. If I can cap a volcano, the lava will blow out the side. If you try to cap your anger by not getting upset at your kids, It will probably blow out in another area, like yelling at your dog or getting mad at other drivers. Trials reveals weaknesses. They reveal our inner sin. Only once I see my sin, can I allow God to work inside of me. The greatest battle is the one that is inside of me. Because of this, God's trials have been his greatest instrument of growth in my life. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. Now, number five, trials make me depend on God. God uses trials to turn my dependence fully on Him. He wants me to cling to Him and find peace in Him alone. The greatest battle that is waged each day for the glory of God is not the one around me. It is the one in me. My sinful heart doesn't want to relinquish control. Trials are God's tool to break my dependence on self so that I will trust in Him alone. Trials and weaknesses keep me from embezzling God's glory. They make it clear that God alone deserves the recognition and the honor. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. As it is written, let the ones who boast, boast in the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 1, verses 28 to 29, and then verse 31. Number six, trials show others that God is dependable. As I go through trials, others are watching. They are watching to see if I respond in faith. Having peace in the midst of comfort is normal. Having peace in the midst of trials is not. Trials give me an opportunity to speak about the hope that I have. If I complain or have a bad attitude when facing trials, I forfeit my opportunity to speak of the greatness of God. God entrusts us with trials so that we can be a light. Let's not waste these opportunities. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. That's First Peter chapter 3, verses 14 to 15. Number seven, trials show us and others that God is infinitely valuable. As I go through trials or loss with peace and joy, others are watching. They are watching to see if I respond in joy. When I have joy in the midst of loss, it shows the world that Jesus is better. Unfortunately, joy in the midst of loss is not my default setting. I think my default is complaining, self-pity, and seeking sympathy. So before I respond in joy, God has to teach me that Jesus is better than anything this world has offered. He teaches through trials and loss that he alone is my treasure and great reward. This doesn't mean I laugh it off. Loss hurts a lot, but my joy is in something that cannot be shaken. We can feel incredible loss and unshakable joy in God at the same time. Even if we lose everything, God is still enough. Through tears, we can say with Job, the Lord gave. And the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's Job chapter one, verse 21. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That's Psalm 73, verses 25 to 26. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines. The produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. That's Habakkuk chapter 3 verses 17 to 19. Number eight, trials are opportunity for reward. God entrusts me with trials as a gift. If I respond to the trials in faith and holiness, I can have joy in the fact that I am storing up rewards in heaven. If I respond to the trials with fear or complaining, I miss this opportunity for reward. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, You have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 to 7. Number nine, trials may be spiritual warfare. A few years ago, when we opened the AIDS care home in South Africa, we came under attack. On opening day, Heather came down with mono, which lasted a year. And soon I began suffering from debilitating migraines. Later, Heather needed a serious tumor removed. And we had a demon-possessed worker and patients. One even attacked Heather. Crazy stuff. But I am a little slow. It took another missionary and a Zulu pastor to point out that we may be facing spiritual warfare. For some reason, we Westerners are often slow to consider spiritual warfare. At least I was. When my life and ministry are carrying the gospel into dark places of this world, I am entering Satan's strongholds. He won't go down without a fight. I don't need to fear because Satan is like a dog on God's leash. He can only do what God allows. Remember Job? God may allow Satan to harm me or even kill me, but it is always with a purpose and it always is for eternal good. When trials come, I must keep my eyes on God. I need to be aware of Satan's tactics so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. And that's 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Satan wants to discourage us so that we give up. He will attack our health, our family's health, and will send a myriad of trials to take us out of the fight. Don't let him. Keep your eyes on God. If you are getting bombarded with trials, take heart. It may be because Satan is not happy with your life and ministry wait for the lord be strong and let your heart take courage wait for the lord that's psalm 27 verse 14. he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world that's first john chapter 4 verse 4. then finally kyle shares number 10. trials may be for discipline start with the heart even though this is listed last I always start with examining my heart. God often uses trials or sickness to get our attention and reveal sin. As a loving father, he wants to restore us to fellowship with him. Do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves. That's Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 to 6. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. That's Psalm 139, verses 23 to 24. How can we endure with joy in trials? How can we find peace? Well, we need a changed perspective. Peter walked on water during the storm because his eyes were on the king. When his eyes focused on the storm, he sank. The storms and trials of life may rage, but perspective changes everything. Don't run from the trials. Don't fortify your life so you can stay safe and comfortable. You will miss out on being used by God. Are trials hard? Absolutely. But I would never trade any of my trials because of what God did through them. God entrusts us with trials because he is using us for his glory. He is at work in us, through us, and around us. Take courage. He is working. Then Kyle finally writes, in times of trial, it is important to dedicate yourself to prayer. What a powerful article written by Kyle. I would like to ask all of you to pray for Kyle and his wife, Heather, and family as they serve as missionaries for our Lord. So please replay this as often as you need to, to get the victory in your life regarding trials. The question today was, shouldn't serving God make my life easier? Well, if you didn't know before, you know now that if our lives are going to glorify God, We will indeed face many trials. But in my own experience, I would rather face the trials that God allows than the trials that I would face in disobedience to him. For God will allow trials for our benefit and for his eternal glory, while the trials that we produce on our own through rebellion or disobedience leads to death and a higher degree of suffering and pain. I can testify that submitting to God and his plan for your life is so much better than anything you can try to produce on your own. I trust that this podcast has blessed you today. Please share it with others and smile. Jesus loves you. Thank you for listening. To make sure you do not miss any future episodes, please subscribe to our podcast. We want all to be able to live in God's divine power when theirs is diminished. Also, sign up for our monthly newsletter on our website, twmforjesus.org. Please do share our podcast with others. And Lord willing, we'll be together next month.